dedicated, obsessed, focused. This is the Masters of Fitness podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 26 of the Masters of Fitness podcast entitled Mind, Body, and Yoga. So today we have the lovely owner of uh, Love Yoga over on Calder Street, um, Julianne Dalava. Did I say that right? <laughs> Juliana Davila. <laughs> Juliana Dalava. I knew I was going to always screw up names, but uh, hey. That's but anyway, thank you for joining us on the show today and thank you for coming in. Are we... Uh, our apologies for the uh for me being absent from the studio but like we said we thought it'd be in our best uh best interest i felt a little under the weather so you know being with the covid restrictions and everything like that it'd be best if we just kind of split it up a little bit ain't that right that that's it i wasn't gonna let you breathe them germs all over me <laughs> thank you as soon as i text that i was like man i'm not feeling good man he was like nope <laughs> we're gonna have to reschedule <laughs> I was like, no, nah, we're not rescheduling. We're doing a show. We can figure it out. So, and we got it together. We got it together. I got this huge screen sitting right in front of my face. You could actually see that. You could actually see it in my eyes. So, so how are y'all doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Enjoying doing the well. weather. And it's still cold. I'm not, I don't know if I'm enjoying the weather yet. So, yeah, I'm hoping we get some rain this week. Wow, we rained, rained enough this weekend. <laughs> Don't wish that on uh, anybody. Yeah. Oh, so you're being, you're being sarcastic, right? That yeah, a little bit. Okay. All right. So, welcome to the show. Tell the people about yourself and uh and your yoga, your yoga studio, and everything that you have going on. All right. Well, uh, like you said, my name's Juliana Davila, and I own uh, Love Yoga. It's a yoga studio in Beaumont, like you said, on Calder. I've only owned it for a little less than two years. Uh, before that, Tiffany Maloney owned it, and then she sold it to me, which is exciting. Uh, I've been teaching there for, oh gosh, this is my ninth year teaching there. So I wow. okay, yeah, started teaching there, <clears throat> excuse me, when it opened. And then I also teach at St. Anthony's School. I teach Spanish there. So I teach in uh, all sorts of places. Um but yeah, I've been teaching at Love Yoga for nine years. I really enjoy it. I enjoy owning it. Owning it is a little different from just teaching, but it's still very rewarding. <laughs> how was uh, so how was that making that transition from just being, you know, somebody goes in, teaches a class, to now actually being the right um, the business owner? It's a little more stressful, and I kind of learn as I go, um, learning how I can kind of adjust and modify things to make it better, and then also understanding what it's like to not only just teach my students, but also hear their concerns or their issues if something needs to be improved or changed. Um, so that's a little different. And then also the financial side of it, which I don't know if I'll ever get right, but. <laughs> <laughs> so how's things been going since the, uh, since the pandemic hit back in March? That's, you know, that's kind of an unaffected and affecting a lot of small business owners. Yeah. So, um, we had closed in March, uh, and then that's when the stay-at-home order started. And so we were closed until May when they started lifting restrictions. And then when we reopened, it was, uh, I measured out, you know, I'm kind of uh, a perfectionist. So I went in there with my little purple tape measure and started measuring out spaces and how much space we could get between. So at first we started with just mm. five coming in they had to register beforehand to make sure that people would get their spot and wouldn't just show up and get turned away um so we did that now we're 
we've opened it up a little bit more and now I let seven people come in, but we still register beforehand. Everybody sanitizes, they wear their masks throughout the class, which isn't everybody's favorite. I know it's kind of a pain, but uh, we've been doing so far. Do what? Yes, exactly. Evil. Yes, we've been very lucky so far, haven't had any issues at all. Knock on wood, thankfully. <laughs> um, so it's been going well. I think we're doing the best that we can with what we have and uh, still trying to offer people uh, the quality of a, of a practice that I want to offer, which is good. Good, good, good. Sounds, sounds very busy. It's been a very busy year for you, right? Yes, it has been a busy year. Good and bad, mostly good. Um, COVID's, you know, kind of messed with things a little bit, but, um, still busy in a good way. And I'm busy doing things that I really enjoy, which I'm very, uh, blessed to do. So it's not, not affected both of your, uh, both of your rounds of what you do like you said you're a teacher right yes i am so, so you got online teaching that kind of <laughs> yeah. i do we do um kind of a hybrid style so i teach to my kids in class and then i teach uh into the computer also at the same time so i've got virtual and in-person kids and i'm all over the place but that virtual learning is um <clears throat> it's really changed changed things this year huh <laughs> it's a it's a challenge you know, um, <clears throat> I have a nine-year-old at, oh, okay. at the house, <clears throat> my fiance's little boy, uh -huh. and I've sat around and and listened to in on some of these classes, mm -hmm. and those teachers, they deserve an, <laughs> an award for some of this stuff, man. I know. It's good. Like, it's say good it stuff. again. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I uh, it's very challenging, uh, but I'm you know I feel grateful that I'm learning something new. I'm trying to do the very best that I can, and still even during you know the shutdown, I was trying to do yoga classes online and just doing okay. them on Facebook Live, uh, and that was a whole different. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's that, and I were talking beforehand of what it's like to hear your voice or see yourself on camera, and it's like <laughs> I'm a completely different person. <laughs> oh yeah, after, I just, it's hard for me to listen to podcasts after we record them. I do them. I it pains <laughs> me to go back and listen to it and watch it because you just. Yes. I think it was Denzel Washington who said he never watches any of his movies that he do. Oh, wow. He watches wow. them one time and that's it. He never watches them again because you're your own worst critic, you know? Yes. And you notice all these little like quirks and ticks and things that you do. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's what I do. I say the word um a thousand times. <laughs> uh, but it's nice to record yourself teaching, I will say, or just record yourself doing anything so that you can see your patterns and what mm -hmm. you're what you tend to do. Right. Um, It'll make you a, a better teacher in the I long agree. run. Yes, I agree. So. Yeah, and, that's what, and that's one thing I think the advantage of that we got to take from this whole COVID situation is that it taught us new ways how to do things and make things more refined. Right. I was watching a video on YouTube and it said it kind of opened our eyes up to how unsanitary we are as people yes. sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I agree. 100%. Now when people don't aren't washing their hands constantly, I'm like, oh gosh. What yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, like we have to remind people to wash their hands. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So talk to us a little bit. Tell everyone about your yoga training, what type of training you have and, you know, what do you what does your studio offer? folks? Uh, so we do several different styles at the studio. Uh, we do vinyasa flow, which is what people normally think of when they think of yoga, just kind of connecting breath with movement. Uh, we do restorative, which is much more relaxing. It's a more passive approach, more about deep relaxation than movement. 
we do kind of a combination of the two where in one class you'll do a little bit of flow. So maybe 45 minutes of flow and then 45 minutes of restorative. So we combine the two. Uh, we also have a teacher who teaches Pilates, which is kind of different mm. from yoga, but in the same realm. Uh, and then we also do, I also teach a gentle class that's more about stretching than building strength. And then I do also a basic beginner class for people who have maybe never done yoga or have taken a long break since they last have done it. Uh, and I've gotten several trainings over the years. Um, I have my 200 hour certification. I'm finishing up my 500 hour certification. Uh, I'm very close to finishing that. I just need to submit the videos of recording my. <laughs> So I have to do that in the next couple of months. Um, I specialize in um, trauma-informed yoga. Uh, so that's yeah. basically for people who have experienced any kind of trauma, doesn't have to be anything specific, um, and who are learning to kind of reconnect their body and their mind if they've kind of formed a disconnect or maybe even kind of desensitize themselves after a traumatic event. Uh, and I work with... Um, clients of Garth House. Garth House is a, I don't know if y'all know Garth House. It's a nonprofit in Beaumont that specializes in providing therapy and counseling for children who have been abused, any kind of abuse. So I work with their clients and then the parents of those clients also. It's pretty awesome there. Yes. So, and that's probably, I wouldn't say my favorite thing to teach because it's kind of heavy sometimes. Uh, mm -hmm. but it's my favorite way to teach because you never know what person's going to come in, what kind of background they have, what they've been through. Uh, and I also use that. I haven't been in a long time because of COVID, but uh, I teach, normally I teach every Saturday at uh, Minnie Rogers Juvenile Justice Center, the detention okay. center, uh, to the boys and girls there. And I kind of needed that training to be comfortable to teach them um, because they have kind of a lot going on. I also am trained in yoga and 12-step recovery, which wow. is another style. Yeah. Um, that helps people with uh, any kind of addiction or substance abuse or anyone who's experienced um, someone in their life who's struggled with addiction or substance abuse. So now do you yeah. offer that like the last couple of ones you do? Do you offer those at the studio or do you go to like a recovery yes. place and teach that class? That's a good question. Uh, I haven't offered yoga and 12 step recovery uh, at the studio in a while. Uh, I was going to start it up again and then kind of COVID happened. And because that has to be set up a certain way, you're kind of a little bit closer to each other. So I thought I'll just kind of hold off on that and wait. Yeah. And, see. Um, and then I consider all of my classes to be kind of trauma informed classes in the sense that I really pay attention to the words that I use uh, and the positions that we do just to be sure that people are comfortable. But I do private lessons that are kind of trauma informed yoga. Okay. Yeah. And so what type of, uh, so all the industry, you went through a whole bunch of things. It sounds like you guys have a lot of information. <laughs> I mean, well, because, you know, people normally, when they think of yoga, they think of it as just stretching, you know, and that's yeah. think one of the questions I asked you, the difference between stretching and actually doing yoga. And I've never heard, I never heard like, this is my first time actually hearing like the trauma one you said and actual yoga for 12 steps. That's actually pretty interesting. It's very Have you seen, have you seen the uh, benefits of that type of yoga training in individuals? Yes, I have. Um, and so to me, and I understand that when people imagine yoga, they imagine just like, you know, people moving on their mats or doing whatever. And yes, it is, you know, a beautiful form of movement or exercise or whatever you want to consider it. But to me, it's also 
uh, a tool for healing in the sense that if I've experienced any kind of trauma, it doesn't matter what it is, um, sometimes you have triggers and it's important to understand what those triggers can be. And a yoga practice can help you connect your body and your mind with your breath. And then on top of that, understanding what kind of um, reactions you would have in a certain situation. For example, if you get maybe anxious in crowds, something that you can do to help yourself self-regulate would be something like pay attention to your breathing or pay mm -hmm. attention to your surroundings or slow your breath down, things like that, that can help you on a daily basis that aren't just applicable when you're on your yoga mat in a studio or at your house or whatever. Man, that's good stuff. And so like you, well, I mean, because yoga is, is, is so yoga is, is a very deep and it's a, how, how old is yoga, by the way? It's pretty old. Thousands of years old. Thousands of years old. And it's like, you always hear people, when I remember I first started doing yoga, they're like, you know, connect the mind and the breath and all. I'm like, man, it doesn't mean anything. I'm about to get out of here and just stretch. Yeah. So why is that? So what makes that aspect of yoga important when you say connecting the mind and the breath and all that together? What does that actually mean? So that's a really good question. And I think um, in our culture, our society, we we want just the result. You know, I want to do this because I want this. And yoga isn't just what you do on your mat. It's a much deeper spiritual practice, right? Mm -hmm. So there are asana, which is what we call like doing poses on your mat is just one aspect, right? And we have all these different parts. There's breath work, there's meditation, there's uh, withdrawal of the senses, there's uh, observances, there's restraints, there's all these things that are part of what we call the eight limbed path, right? There are eight parts to our yoga practice and asana, the movement is just one of them. So to me, it's important to understand the spiritual connection because otherwise it's just like I'm doing gymnastics, I guess. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> um, which isn't bad. I mean, any kind of movement I think is great, you know, no matter what you're into, if you like CrossFit or if you like running or if you like lifting weights or whatever it is, I think that's wonderful. But to me, it's about connecting a little bit more deeply and understanding who I am as a person and then feeling that connection with other people, with everything else around me. And also um, we get into this place personally, uh, because yoga comes from India, right? And I wasn't trained in India, but I have kind of the lineage in my mind of who my teachers are, um, that I don't want to get into this place of cultural appropriation, right? Because it is based in a lot of Hinduism and those ideas. And it's not something that I was trained in in India. So I want to be sure that I'm making sure that what I'm teaching and what I'm doing and what I'm saying is connected to something that comes from a deeper source, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. No, sense. because you know, through the years, you know, I've like I told you before the show, mm -hmm. I've dabbled around in yoga quite right. a bit, and you get to talking about it in different settings, mm -hmm. and you get a lot of different reactions from people. You know, right. you get to the people that that think you're in there to. Um, you're worshiping something other than, right. than what everybody way, else does. Yes, yes. So um, I've, you know, I went through a few of them conversations. Yes. But uh, to me, one of the things that always intrigued me about uh, about yoga was the uh, the meditation part of it. Right. You know that to me, it's it's really really hard. Yes. To do that, 
And uh, it's really hard to do it and not go to sleep. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I agree. And to me, that's um, I have a teacher who often says that you don't do meditation. Meditation is a state of being. And I mm -hmm. agree with her on a certain level. Um, but it is incredibly difficult to sit there and just not think or mm -hmm. not do anything. Just breathe. It's probably the hardest thing you could do. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of voice in it. Exactly. It's just, it's exactly. Going. Yeah. And if you're, you know, you have a job, you have a family, you've got kids, whatever, something's going to pop in there. So to me, the idea is not, let me empty my head completely right now. That's not going to happen. Right. right. Maybe it's for 10 seconds. I don't think about anything but my breath, maybe for 30 seconds, maybe for a minute, kind of work my way up and then understand that at a certain point, something's going to pop in my head. I'm going to get hungry. Something's going to happen. Right. So I have to remember that it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just you're practicing. That's all. So that you can be more mindful in your everyday life. I don't know how many times I've driven somewhere and I get there and I'm like, how did I even, I wasn't paying attention. I don't even know how I got here. Right. Right. It happens often. Mm -hmm. And it's important to understand, you know, I'm checking out and it's because, you know, I've got too much on my mind or I'm thinking about a million things and to just slow down and do one thing at a time, one breath at a time. That's it. Otherwise, I'm not really giving my full attention or potential to the one task at hand, even if that one task is I'm washing the dishes, but I'm thinking about a thousand other things. Mm -hmm. Let me just focus on washing the dishes, give my full attention to this task and then move on. Or I'm having this conversation with these two people. Let me give my full attention to these two people. And then when I have, you know, something else, I can do that. But it's important to, to make sure that everything matters just as much as the next thing. I know that it's, you know, we think like, well, that's not important. I don't have to worry about that, but it kind of is. Yeah. <clears throat> but to, 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 it's hard to think like that these days because the advent of social media and our cell phones, what it, yes. it kind of inherently teaches us to have short attention spans. Yes. You, phone, you look at Facebook, you put it down, you go do something else, you pick up your phone, look at Facebook and yes. you want that instant gratification on so many other things and so much going on. You get a text message. You have to respond right then and there. Yes. If you don't respond within 30 seconds, somebody think you're ignoring them. Right. Or, or you're mad or whatever. Or you're mad. So yeah. it's like even, so even getting back into that meditation, it's like we have to force ourselves to disconnect from the world and just be, right. you know, within our own minds, relaxing for, for like 30 minutes to an hour, however long it takes. But yes. it's hard to do in this. It's hard to do in these in this day and time. And it's important too, like you're saying, you know, with our phones and all that, because I do it too. I mean, I know it sounds like, oh, but no, I mean, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching TV, but at the same time I'm scrolling through Instagram, like, what am I doing? Right. Just exactly. Waiting. Yeah. I'm not relaxing. I'm not enjoying whatever I'm watching. I'm just wasting time and thinking that this is relaxing and it's not. Um, and at the same time, it's almost like we're so advanced with so many things going on that it's detrimental. We've got to like pull back a little bit, simplify mm -hmm. to be able to be normal functioning human beings. Right. One of, the kind of stuff so stressed out so much. one of the reasons I hope I bring up the whole meditation thing is uh, a lot of these big name coaches, these guys mm -hmm. that coach uh, like world-class bodybuilders mm -hmm. um, and world-class athletes and stuff, they're really big and like if you look at their list of things they want you to do or want their people to do, mm -hmm. one of the top ones on every one of these people's list is meditate. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and you think about um, 
because I follow a lot of, uh, I guess, like fitness people like mm -hmm. you guys. Um, mm -hmm. It, it's so important to connect your body and your mind when you're doing a movement, any kind of exercise, doesn't matter what it is, you will get better results and you'll become stronger or faster, whatever it is, more quickly than if you, let's say the exercise you're doing is, I don't know, um, I don't know, tell me a, like an exercise, I don't do like exercise a clean like and that. Jerk. Clean okay. yeah. <laughs> whatever that, oh, the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're connecting what your body is doing, if you're thinking, okay, this is what I'm, this is how it feels in my body. This is how my shoulder feels. This is how my spine feels. This is how my breath feels. I'm going to inhale here and exhale here, whatever. You will get better results um, just by connecting that movement. If you're doing clean and jerks, let's say you do, I don't know, 20 of them. And you're thinking like, okay, I got to go to the dry cleaners and I got to pick up this at the grocery mm -hmm. store and let me make sure that I call this person back. And, oh, I can't forget that email your body is not connecting to your, I mean, you might as well just be sitting on the couch. That's yeah. true. And that's, and it's, you won't get the, like you said, you're not concentrating. So you're not getting that feel. You're more prone to injuries. Your muscles not firing like they should. You're much more prone to injury. That's so true because you're just not paying, paying attention. And that's just one other thing that you're not paying attention to. I need to learn how to, that's what I would need to learn how to, when I do yoga, I need to learn how to, you know, get more into that thought process of understanding, like breathing, doing yeah. the body. Because I'll be, I, I'm just gonna be honest. When I do it, I try to hurry up and work my way through it because it's like maybe you no. Know, I mean, just yeah, 10, I, yeah. 10, 15 minutes before I go to bed, I need to stretch yeah. out my hips a little tight, you know. So I throw on a quick YouTube video right. and just power through. But I don't think I'm getting a full benefit because I'm not making that connection, like like you're talking about, like really right. just, you know get into that train of thought, that whole trance or whatever, and just mm -hmm. working through. And it's helpful to me, like when I first took my, when I took my first class, I remember I was 15 or 16, I was young. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my friends was like, there's this place, let's go, let's try it. So we go and I'm thinking, I wore sweatpants <laughs> and a big t-shirt, I'm about to get happy yeah. and relax. And it was not that, it was a hot yoga class. And every second of it, I was like, this is miserable. I hate it so much. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here. But then when it was over, I was like, well, that was magical. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to go back to it. But what wow. I liked most about it was that I couldn't possibly think about anything else but what was happening because, you know, the teacher is saying, feel this or do this or rotate that or breathe or inhale or, you know, whatever it is. There's so many things that are going on in my head and I'm paying attention to what I'm doing to make sure I don't fall over, um, that it was impossible for me to think about anything else but what I was doing right then and there. And that's, I think, what first got me so interested is that I felt so good afterwards. I mean, mm -hmm. it was like, everything was great. Right. And I've never been like an athletic person. <laughs> uh, I tried out sports. I was bad at them. I'm just not, I'm not, you know, but <laughs> yoga was the one thing that I was like, okay, this feels good. I enjoy it. I like it. I feel good afterwards. Mm -hmm. I look forward to going, you know, and it was a place where it was like for this one hour, I'm not going to think about anything else, but my body and the way that it's moving and the way that I'm breathing, um, so to me, that's what's helpful is that I can pay attention to, okay, I'm going to be in this pose and we're going to take five breaths. I'm going to count inhale, exhale one, it, you know, and it's so helpful to have that, mm -hmm. like the background mm -hmm. is your breath in and out that rhythm. That's all you need. You know, 
people talk about getting like a runner's high or getting all these endorphins from working out. Mm -hmm. Some of the best feeling that I've ever had from a a type of exercise like Mm -hmm. that is coming out of a yoga studio. Yeah. And that's, you just read my mind. People talk about, uh, yeah, the runner's high or getting in the flow of something. Uh, I've never felt the runner's high. I've just felt miserable. <laughs> when I run. But, uh, I'm, I'm sure that it exists. But that idea that you're so uh, in tune with whatever the movement that you're doing, that everything else kind of floats away, mm-hmm. which is so helpful. And I know that people feel it when they exercise, maybe like, you know, ballet or dance or yoga or whatever it is running. Uh, people do feel that, but it's because you're so in tune with your body that your mind can completely relax and you're just focusing on this breath and this movement, and that's it. That's cool. Look, we got a question here, Ernest. Oh, question. Post it up. All right. Oh, you got it, huh? Yeah, oh. I got it. All right. Is, Is there, there a short routine to get the body started in the morning? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, so in the morning, I'll be honest, I don't do it every morning. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like getting out of bed, going, going, going. Um, but if you want maybe 10 minutes or so, five minutes, 10 minutes, Uh, I like to do just like reaching up, folding forward a couple of times, maybe do that three or four times uh, just to kind of stretch out your hamstrings a little bit. I like to do side body stretches, do those for a little bit. Uh, Anything that stretches your chest and your shoulders, especially if you are a person that sleeps on your side, then you kind of compress all night because you get Uh, wrapped out. Uh, And then stretching your hips and your back a little bit. So that could mean maybe you sit in kind of a deep squat uh, maybe you do like a couple of like a down dog to plank a couple of times, something like that to kind of warm up your spine. My favorite thing to do most every morning, most every night is just cat cow mm-hmm. where you're on hands and knees and you drop your belly and you kind of arch your back and round out with your breath. That's my favorite thing to do because that's a, a wonderful movement to do for your spine. Yeah, they say it resets the spine. Huh? Yes, you reset your spine. And <laughs> as you age, mobility in your spine is the first thing to go, which is why people uh, have trouble with balance as they get older. Hmm. Yeah. So on top, of, on top of his question, is there a necessary time frame that you have to do yoga? I mean, like, you know, like you have some like be like five minutes to like a Mm-hmm. a 90 minute session does the timing really matter or just more about specifically what you're trying to target at that moment that's a good question um i think it depends on your natural patterns uh like some people are naturally morning people or and some people are naturally night owls i would go with that normal rhythm of your body uh i am a morning person but i prefer to practice in the evening because in the morning i'm so tight that it's like, I've got to get the day to kind of warm me up. And then by like 530, I'm good to go. I can do my practice. Uh, But it depends. A lot of people like to practice first thing in the morning when they wake up. Um, I think whenever you have time, do it. You know, if it's at lunchtime, 10 minutes before you eat your lunch or whatever it is, I think that's perfect. Uh, I think there are times that you need to pay attention to whether it's an invigorating practice, like something that's going to give you a lot of energy. You probably don't want to do it right before bed. Um, but okay. to me, any any kind of movement is good. I just do my yoga right when I'm extremely sleepy, so I'm going to go to bed regardless. Yeah, and I do it a lot of times. It sounds weird. But when I lay in my bed, I'll do a couple of little stretches. You can do hmm. kind of a little bit of a practice in your bed. Like my bed's up against a wall, so I can put my feet up the wall and let my... 
um, fatigue drain from my legs. If I've had a long day on my feet or whatever it is, a couple of little things before I wind down is a nice little way to kind of get you into sleep mode. And that's interesting you say that let your fatigue, like, you know, drain from your legs. And you think about like you're on your feet all day. We move so much that mm -hmm. helps us out and you helps you feel replenished almost when yeah. you do Yes. Yoga, you do those stretches and you breathe to kind of help your mind and body just relax. It helps you go to sleep at night. I think so, too. It just I think to me, it just keeps my rhythm of my day, you know. So if it's like, you know, all day I work and then in the evening, it helps me kind of get everything worked out so that I can sleep really well that evening. Um, and I notice the difference. Like, for example, I've been on break this week for Thanksgiving and mm -hmm. I haven't practice as much as I should have. Um, and I feel it in my body. I feel like kind of sore. I feel cranky. Uh, <laughs> from going, you know, sounds like us when we don't work out, Harness. Yeah. Oh man. When I don't work out, Naomi, she knows when yeah. I don't work out, she gets that finish. So you need to go in the gym and do something. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you think about you go to the gym or whatever, that's your place that, you know, this is the place where I'm going to release whatever I've got going on. I've got nothing else to think about. I've got an hour or whatever, two hours to myself. That's your place to like, let it go. Mm -hmm. That's how it is for me at the studio. And like I'm saying, yes, I love my yoga practice and I, I love the way that, you know, my body connects and everything, but really you can get that aspect of meditation or mindfulness in anything that you do. It doesn't yeah. have to be on a yoga mat. You could be doing squats and really be paying attention to the way that your body is moving, the mechanics, the way that you're breathing, the muscles that you're using, um, where you might be holding tension, where you're overcompensating. And that amount of mindfulness is in itself a yoga practice. Cool. So <laughs> what makes yoga different from just regular stretching? What's the, what's the difference between the two? Uh, to me, well, that's a good question. To me, it's more about uh, paying attention to your breath. Because I think when you do just regular stretches, like let's say uh, you're doing a warm up or something before your workout, I think people just do that to get it out of the way. It's oh, more of like, okay, I'm going to do like some jumping jacks and a forward fold and I'm just going to stretch my elbows or whatever it, this movement is, <laughs> uh, shoulders. And uh, you're just kind of getting it out of the way. 10 minutes, you're done. Now I get to get to the good stuff. To me, this is because yoga is so, depending on the style, you're connecting both stretching and strengthening. So it you meet in the middle, right? So men are typically more, they're stronger than they are flexible, right? Women are more flexible than they are strong. So you kind of meet in the middle. Where you have those discrepancies, it'll end up showing, right? So if Thad or you came to the studio, I would assume that you're not, you're super strong, but you're not that flexible. So that's where your challenge would be, right? Your challenge would be in the flexibility aspect of just stretching the muscles that have shortened because of your strengthening. Mm -hmm. uh, if I get someone else like me into the studio, I'm a little more flexible than I am strong. So it challenges my muscles to strengthen rather than become more flexible. So it, wherever you have that imbalance, it'll bring you back into balance, if that makes sense. No. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's, that's a very good point. You know, because sometimes, like you said, you just go out to stretch it. And, like, before I run, 
Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of it. I would, I have a routine that I would do that takes 15 minutes of like, you know, some yoga stretching out. I'll be like, no, I'll go out there and just stretch my hamstrings mm -hmm. for 30 seconds each and take off running to get halfway through the run and wonder why my hips and everything is tight and my lower back is hurting. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, it also depends on the movement in your body and everybody is a little bit different, but the mindfulness aspect, and then also really paying attention to what, where are your feeling sensation? I think a lot of times people think like, okay, I'm going to do this stretch and I'm going to feel it here, but not everybody is the same. So if I'm telling you that this is a hamstring stretch and you don't feel it in your hamstring, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that our bodies are all different. It's not a one size fits all kind of thing. So it's important to pay attention to, well, am I actually feeling it there? Am I paying attention to where I'm feeling sensations? And am I feeling sensation? Am I feeling a stretch? Am I feeling pain? All of those things matter because I feel that we are not meant to feel pain. So if I'm doing a stretch and my face looks like this, <laughs> probably not the movement for me, you know? I don't ever want to feel like I can't breathe or that I have to hold my breath yeah. into a position or do something, right? If that's the case, if I can't breathe, that's my body's way of saying, back it up let's not do this right now you're not ready for this you know yeah that that was a hard thing for me to do going into a yoga studio was to not to um not to treat it like a workout right and that's a yes. thing because we are competitive by nature and want to do the best and be the most and be the strongest and well that person's doing well, this older woman can do it why can't i do it right but it's not about that that's our ego telling us what to do and ego has no place. Right. It took me a long time to, to, to get myself not to compare myself to everybody else in the room. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah and that right. idea that, you know, it's just because it feels good for this one person doesn't mean that it would feel good for me. Right. So we're doing yoga because I find myself, you know, I get tight in certain areas. Where do you get to the point where you don't push your body? to, you know, the, the fine line between pushing your body to become more flexible and dealing with a little bit of pain and be like, okay, I need to back off. Okay, that is an excellent question. <laughs> and one that I would say that you really can only answer because I'm not in your body. I can't tell yeah. you what, what feels bad. I think at a certain point, there is a difference between active stretching and passive stretching. Mm -hmm. And active stretching is where I would say, yes, it's okay to push a little bit, but to increase the intensity of sensation, not to feel pain. So to me, pain, personally, I can't breathe through pain. If I can breathe, I'm okay. If I'm not clenching my jaw, I'm okay. If I can talk, I'm okay. But if I'm feeling pain, that's going to stop me from breathing. And that's my body's way of saying stop. Okay. Right? And But I also think that a lot of times we think like, well, I can handle more. I can handle more. And that's... <laughs> more is not necessarily better. Right. right. And I know that it's some important for us to stretch and move our bodies. But at a certain point, when someone walks in and they say, well, I want to be able to do splits, then I think, okay, fine. But why? You know, what's the reason <laughs> behind that? Just because you want to? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's not gonna make you a better person. It's not gonna, <laughs> you know, stretching your hamstrings is great. But anatomically, not every person is hypermobile. And if mm -hmm. you're not hypermobile, doing splits is really difficult. So to me, I think, what's the reason? What is forcing you to want to be able to do this very specific thing with your body? Is it an ego thing or is it something else? Hmm. That's interesting. Dad, you trying to learn how to do a split? 
<laughs> no, about you. <laughs> when she started talking about a split, it made me think that just this week, I was just looking at stuff on YouTube, mm-hmm. and somehow or another, I stumbled upon this thing that it's made for uh, like MMA guys mm-hmm. to. That it's like a seat they sit in, mm-hmm. and the legs and go like in some stirrup looking deals mm-hmm. and you crank on it has this wheel on it oh. and when you crank on it it, it opens your, yeah. your legs oh wow. my god and that's i mean <laughs> maybe for mma if you're thinking about you really need to work on hip mobility and flexibility so you can do all of those movements but at the same time that to me that it sounds like a con- like a torture contraption it looked like a torture contraption. <laughs> uh, and to me that's if you're forcing it something that much you're it's just not worth it to me. You know, like I see if you're forcing it that much, it's probably going to go back to where it started from anyway. And that's where you create injury too. I mean, that's when, you know, if you're a man, your hips and your pelvis are shaped very differently from a woman's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of movement isn't natural for you, right? You're not made to move that way. So to me, that's a little much, but (laughs) to each his own, that's fine. Right. I don't know. That's just where my head went whenever yeah. you started talking. About see, like, like Cirque du Soleil contortionists, right? Yeah. And they do all these crazy things with their body, and that's fine because they're hypermobile and they have the joints to do that. But I'm like, that you're going to yeah. do that for a year, two years, and then where I want a practice that I can do every day, forever. Right. I don't want something that I can do for two years and then I'm done. You know. So that's the difference to me is this is something that I want to sustain through the rest of my life. Cool. Yeah. So speak to a little bit about, you know, we talk about yoga and how it helps with the mind, body, stretching, you know, getting mobile and all that. What about balance? The whole, the balance side of it. Cause I remember when I started doing, that was kind of the, the thing that helped me improve in my Olympic lifting and stuff like that was the balance part of it that I wasn't expecting. Cause I didn't go into yoga thinking it would help me improve my balance and all that. I was just, you know, trying to get more flexible. So. Right. So um, that's another good comment to make. And the thing that people struggle with the most is, well, one, meditation like we talked about, but also balance. Um, So balance is twofold in the way that it's challenging. One part of it is physical, right? You've got to use your muscles to kind of keep you in this position. But the other part of it is mental. Um, And if you've got a lot going on in your mind, if you've got kind of things all over the place, it's incredibly difficult to balance. And I really like teaching balance postures um, because you can't think about anything else but balancing what you're trying to balance. I mean, your phone could be ringing or whatever, but if you're trying to balance, that's the one thing you've got on your mind. It's a great and easy way to teach mindfulness. It's a good way to teach mindfulness to children. Um, And it's also really difficult for a lot of people. uh, But I think the thing I like about balance the most is that it teaches you to observe your reaction because balance isn't in itself, isn't the biggest deal, right? If I can't balance on one foot, I'm not going to die. It's okay. Mm -hmm. If I react negatively to not being able to balance, my balance gets worse, right? So when you're sitting there and let's pretend you're trying to balance on one foot, right? Just lift one leg up. If I sit there and I'm like, God, I'm so stupid. I can't do this. This is so dumb. I hate it. My body, blah, blah, blah. If I'm saying negative things, I'm never going to be able to balance. It's not going to work. So I like to tell my students, it's like you're, <laughs> it's like you're playing hard to get. <laughs> you have to pretend that you don't care and then it will come about naturally. But if you put so much effort into it, it's like the harder you work, the, the more difficult it becomes. So it's important to understand 
again, what's going on in your mind and how is that affecting your body? Because I think people think their bodies and their minds are two separate things and they're so perfectly connected. There's nothing that goes on up here that is not going to be manifested in some way in my physical body. So um, the balance aspect is very important. Uh, but again, simply because it brings you back to the awareness of the mind. And that's what I find I focus the most is when yeah. I'm trying to balance. You have to, fun, to me, that's the funnest part of it. Yes. Because you think, you know, am I feeling my feet? Am I holding my breath? Am I clenching my jaw? Am I doing, am I, am I, Am I somehow trying to compensate just so I can do this position where I've got one foot up or whatever? Um, and a lot of times balance, like we talked about, decreases with age. The older you get, the more people lose their balance, they fall over, whatever. Uh, so that it's important to practice so that you can maintain awareness, spatial awareness, I guess I should mm -hmm. say. I remember uh, our buddy, he used to own uh, Andy. He, used to, he was teaching us how to do handstand, uh, handstand walks and handstand holes. Oh, and he would always say, relax your face. You didn't realize just like when you get your face tight, how much it affects. Yes. Like just that little tension in your face affects the rest of your body. You know, it's, it's just stuff like that is, is that mindfulness of just knowing every exact detail kind of helps you out overall. So. Yes, I agree. And I remember when I first uh, finished my first yoga training, my teacher told me, uh, Sometimes it feels like yoga ruins your life <laughs> because you're so hyper aware of everything that goes on in your body that every day you'd feel like a hypochondriac every day. Like today I was like, I have a headache. I wonder why. Is it the pressure outside? Did I not sleep well? Was yeah. I clenching my teeth? Did I not drink enough water? All these things where normally someone says, I have a headache, Advil, done. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> but I'm like, well, my pinky toe hurts. Well, I wonder if it's this, 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 you know, and you start to think about all these things because you're so aware of everything going on. But I think yoga is like kind of like CrossFit in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing that that's attracted me to CrossFit through the years is it, it never gets boring. Right. Okay. There's always something to, different to do. There's always mm -hmm. something to get better at. You you never get good at everything. So mm -hmm. it just never stops. Right. So that's what keeps me, you know, interested in it as long mm -hmm. as, it, as I have. Yoga is the same way. Yes, I agree. You're never going to stop learning about that. Right. I Yes. It, I mean, it's it really is. Like for me, I feel like the more I know, the less I know. Mm -hmm. It's like I learn one thing, then I've got to learn a bunch of other things. And even now I've been studying for 15 years and I'm still like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also in the sense that I've never done CrossFit, so I can't say, but um, the sense of like community mm -hmm. helps a lot. Right. And I think that yeah. you practice with other people and you're sharing this experience with other people. Yeah, It brings you together, it connects you. So it doesn't matter how old you are or what you look like or where you come from, you just feel this deep connection because you've done these movements together. Mm -hmm. You've been breathing together, whatever. Right. I like the lifestyle, like that whole yeah. brings you into the whole, like, you know, where you go to exogen, you're out there by yourself, walking on treadmill, lifting weights, stuff like yoga, yes. CrossFit, you get that community built into it. And that's why I'm drawn to it. I like the community. Yes. So, I agree. Even though I suck at yoga, I enjoy it because it's fun. Well, I'm sure I'd suck at CrossFit, but um, yeah, that idea that you you have other people with you and that you're all connecting in some kind of way. Yeah. That's cool. So going back to your yoga studio, what uh, so what, what are the class times? If somebody wants to come jump into the class or join a class, what do they need to do? Um, so you can go to our website, which is loveyogabeaumont.com 
or uh, we do we have a reservation website. So that's how we do our class reservations. And it's uh, loveyogabomot.punchpass.com. So you'll see a master calendar. You'll see all of our class times. You click on the class, put your name in, reserve it. It's very easy. Um, and we have class every day every single day. <laughs> so we Monday through Friday, 845 every morning. Uh, we also have some 1030 a.m. times for people who like to kind of do mid morning time. Okay. Uh, we have class every evening, either at 530 or six. We have Saturday morning at 930, Sunday at 130. But the Sunday class is Pilates, so a little different. Um, but yeah, so a bunch of different styles, different teachers, different times, uh, something for everybody. And that's kind of my main goal in life is to make sure that anyone who wants to practice yoga is able to regardless of what physical capacity they have, right? So if you want to do it, I will find a way to make sure that you can do it. Whether that's a different style or whether that's using props or whether that's whatever. Uh, that's kind of my my mission is to make sure that people feel that it's an inclusive practice that is not just for women or just for a person who looks like this, or has this amount of money or whatever, right? Um, because it is meant to be for every person. Yeah. And yoga, like I said, you could do yoga anywhere. Like yeah. anybody yeah. could do yoga. It could be anywhere yeah. in the park, at home, yes. at your desk, in the yes. office, anywhere you could do yoga. So Right. You may not be doing, you know, handstands everywhere or whatever, or headstands. But <laughs> I mean, if I wanted to do a yoga practice in this chair for 10 minutes... I'd figure out a way to do it. Right. You know, we got one more. Look, we got another good question for Mike. Mike, Mike is all over this yoga today. Uh, that. Okay. Do you yeah, work in yoga immediately before or after heavy weight training? Or should there be a significant break in the in time? That is a really good question. <laughs> I'm trying to think heavy weight training. Does that mean that you are weight training for an extended amount of time or lifting heavy weights, lifting heavy weights, right? Yeah, we'll just say yeah, lifting heavy weights. Like I didn't, I had like a, a hour and thirty minute session of weight training. Okay, I would recommend to do a little before and a little after, uh, because one part of it, it's a nice way to kind of warm up your body and lengthen the muscles that you're about to shorten with weight training, right? Um, but in the other sense is. If I'm going to do a little before and a little after, and I kind of sandwich it in between, I'm getting not only uh, the mindset of paying attention to sensations, right? So you kind of get yourself in the groove of like, while you're weight training, you're paying attention to your body and the way that things feel. And because afterwards, you're going to feel a lot tighter because you've just worked those muscles quite a bit. So you want to be a little softer. This is my opinion, right? I'm not a master at anything, but uh, I would be a little softer after, do some more gentle stretches after and do some more vigorous stretching before to kind of warm you up for those movements. Uh, because I know, I mean, for a while I would go to the gym and do gym things. And by that, I mean, like read the instructions on the machine and be like, what do I do? Right. Uh, or like, pound weight. And I'm like, okay, this isn't for me. Uh, but I did notice that after any kind of weightlifting, your muscles feel so tight. Uh, they felt so like mm. compact. So you want to lengthen those, but you don't want to do this thing where a lot of times people do their workout, you're super warm. So then you overstretch and then the next day you're miserable. So I would do a little more intense stretching before and a little lighter, easier stretching afterwards, if that helps. Okay. 
I don't know if I answered his question. <laughs> no, you answered it. And um, I can say I would recommend that somebody do not get in their truck and drive straight to yoga after they do a workout because I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah. I, when I was on my 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 yoga, um, I don't even know what you want to call it. I was real serious about it. Mm-hmm. But I would go for a while. I would go to the gym. I'd I'd work out at four thirty, like do a CrossFit workout, mm-hmm. and then go straight to um, oops to Sun Tree mm-hmm. and do a, a yoga, like a hot yoga after that. And man, yeah, it it got to be a, a quite a quite a challenge and yes. finally um angie asked me one day you know what are you what are you doing what are you doing before you come here I'm like, <laughs> so i told her she was like, you stupid <laughs> don't do that you know yeah. you're not you're making more work out of it than yes. it needs to be yes it's a lot you know? on your body and then at the same time especially with hot a heated class you're right. losing a lot of liquid a lot of water and if you've already done a workout you've already dehydrated yourself a little bit so uh yes i would say yeah you're doing more work than you need to maybe <laughs> alternate days instead <laughs> how hot is hot yoga how hot uh, is it? We don't do hot yoga at our studio we keep it like 80 degrees which is pretty warm uh most mm-hmm. hot yoga classes are typically not always but typically over 100 degrees oh my god and that's how i started practicing was hot yoga and even when i was in college i took hot yoga uh, and I really enjoyed it because you sweat so much. It almost feels like a sense of accomplishment. Um, and then I had to kind of pull back from it because I started to feel kind of ugh afterwards, like nauseated. Um, mm-hmm. And I started noticing, well, I don't drink enough water to begin with. I don't need to be sweating out a bunch of water when I go take a class. So I kind of pulled back from that every now and then I do enjoy it, especially when it's cold outside. But I do find that because you're so warm, you overstretch. And because you're so warm, you kind of feel this idea that like, I have to sweat to get this feeling of accomplishment. And I didn't like how that felt for me personally, I wanted to feel like, no matter what I do on this mat, uh, it's still something that I did for me. It doesn't matter how hard I worked or how much I did. It was this hour that was just for me, regardless of what I ended yeah. up doing, you know? Uh, so it was almost like, I felt like I was like getting like a sticker at the end of class, you know, this, I saw wet, <laughs> and I'm already that kind of person that likes those kinds of affirmations and like, good yeah. job, pat on the back. Uh, so I was like, I probably don't need to be doing this in my <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> um, but yeah, hot yoga can be pretty hot. And depending on the style, it can be even like 108 degrees. Um, yes. At a certain point, you stop feeling the heat, though. I will say when you first okay. walk, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't breathe. And then after a while, it's like you get kind of used to it. Um, so, I, you know, if you wanted to try a class, try it out. See if you like it. Some people do. Some people don't. I always liked it. Yeah. <clears throat> like I was telling you before, I just felt like I got I was able to to get deeper into the mm-hmm. stretches mm-hmm. without forcing myself. You right. Know? Yeah. Because your, your body just starts to kind of melt mm-hmm. and start to turn into like laffy taffy kind of. It's oh. cool. But at the oh. same time, I feel like, you know, you can overstretch and cause injury and that's true. It just kind of depends. All right. So how many instructors do you have at love yoga? Is it just is you and who else? Uh, I teach there. And then uh, Jessica Page is one of my instructors. Uh, Celeste Rosales is another instructor. Mike Baker is another instructor. And I just hired a new one. His name is Vern Myers. So we've got five of us total. 
Yes. So do y'all teach does uh, each one of y'all teach a specific class, or it's kind of y'all all do this y'all all do the same type of uh instruction or like yogas? Yeah, most everybody is trained in vinyasa flow. So that's the majority of our classes. Celeste also teaches Pilates. She's trained in that. So she teaches Pilates. And then I teach restorative, gentle, basics, regular flow, and then like kind of a lighter flow because um, I'm trained in all of those. Okay, cool. Right. And what, so what's your, what about your uh, Cat Marsh week uh, Saturdays? Oh, yeah. So Cat Toe Marsh isn't really affiliated with the studio, but right. it's beautiful out there. If you've never practiced or been to Cat Toe Marsh, I highly recommend that you go. It's yeah. a free yoga class, number one. It's free. You don't have to pay anything, which is amazing. <laughs> and uh, and I teach, so that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so it's 930 every Saturday morning at Cattail. We do it out on the boardwalk. We kind of space out. You're out over the water. You get to see all the birds and uh, the beautiful views. It's It really is a one-of-a-kind place. It's gorgeous out there. Every Saturday, we canceled it yesterday because of the rain, but every Saturday it's on Facebook. Um, and I think if you just go to their Cattail Marsh Facebook page, you'll find it there. Um, you kind of, I think you do a reservation online beforehand because they limit the amount of people because of COVID. But like I said, it's every weekend indefinitely. I guess once it gets too cold, we won't go. Uh, but it's been really nice. And I'll tell you, Shavasana, which is like our resting pose at the end, is amazing out mm -hmm. there because it's like the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. I would end up falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people who fall asleep, which is also okay too. Yeah. I was always told that if you fall asleep, um, that it's a sign of sleep de uh, deprivation. It could be. Yeah, it could be. I think that um, when people fall asleep in my class, I'm like, yeah, pat on the back. <laughs> They're really relaxed. Uh, but it's also, yeah, this idea that you never, you never turn it off. You never rest, which is why when you get a minute to be comfortable, you fall asleep because your brain's like, oh, thank God. I have a minute to take a break here and you fall asleep. Um so, yeah, it is common to fall asleep at the end of class. But that's my favorite part. It's my favorite part, too. Is <laughs> when you're done, like you say, just laying down. Yes. Yeah. And it's quiet and nobody's talking, nobody's moving. Singing bowls. Yes, the singing bowls. Yes, those are nice, too. <laughs> I got a pretty funny story oh, about singing bowls. <laughs> the first time I was ever in a studio and mm -hmm. the girl used singing bowls at the very end of it. Mm -hmm. I just, I was laying there and all of a sudden I heard this noise and I'm like, man, that's getting loud. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it must be part of the music, you know? And I didn't want to open my eyes, turn my head and open my eyes. And finally, you know, at the end, whenever thing was all over, I peeped over there at her and she had a big old bowl with mm -hmm. that big drumstick looking yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> those are nice. I do those. It's uh, amazing. The sound that comes out of those I know. Things. And they're not, I mean, some of them can be really big, but mm -hmm. they make this like, it reverberates throughout the room. It's really nice. Um, but yes, one of the first times I ever used one, uh, and I, it must have been the first time the person had been to the class, but I started doing, I mean, they sat up like it was like their <laughs> alarm clock was going off and I was like, uh oh, not too loudly. Yeah. Let me put it down. I haven't ex really experienced the singing, singing bowl. Is that they're, what you're talking uh, Yeah, they're uh, Tibetan singing bowls, but okay. they're like these little metal bowls. Sometimes they're made of uh, quartz crystal. Those are mm -hmm. a little different. They're metal bowls and they can be different sizes and you use this little, looks like a little drumstick kind of, <laughs> and you like go around it and it makes a sound but like you said it starts out really soft and it gets really loud um so that's a nice way to kind of bring people out of a meditation mm -hmm. that's cool cool all right, all right. YouTube, youtube it oh. earnest 
Would you say that? <laughs> YouTube it. Oh, well, trust me, I'm gonna YouTube as soon as I get off. Uh, maybe I can just get the sounds to help me lay, help me go to sleep or something yep. like that. Yeah. Put me in the trance. It's gonna put you out. <laughs> All right, Julianne, I'm gonna put you on Julianne. I'm gonna put you on the spot. So this we coming to the end of our show, and so one thing we always like to have our guests do is kind of give their words of wisdom to the oh. people out in the audience. So, <laughs> so what are what are your words of wisdom to the uh to the crowd to the audience listening out there? Oh my goodness, that you really are putting me on the spot. Okay. Uh, I would say that, ooh, this is one of my favorite things to remember. Well, two things, both connected to breath. So I'm going to say them both. The first is that uh, if you're ever feeling kind of anxious or overwhelmed, to remind yourself that you can't breathe in the future and you can't breathe in the past. You can only breathe in the present moment. So you remember that when you're breathing, you're right here, you're right now, you're not anywhere else. Because normally when you're feeling anxious or whatever, you're worrying about the past or the future which are not the present. And then the other thing I like to remind myself is that your breath is the perfect reminder uh, to let you know that you can only take in once you release. Like you can only inhale once you've exhaled. You can only take in what you need once you've made room to take that in, right? So if I'm holding on to, let's say, anger or resentment or guilt, I can't bring in compassion or kindness or understanding or acceptance until I've released what I've been holding on to. Man, there you, you go. That, took, you go. A, no, you said it. I took a deep breath. That's like, okay, I need no, to. I know. All right. So remind the people again, where could they, where could they uh, find you on social media, your studio and all that good stuff? Yes. So it's uh, at the bottom of the page is actually my Instagram. I have my personal one and the love yoga one. It's at love yoga Boma on Instagram. On Facebook, it's just love yoga. You'll find it has our little green circle on it. Um, and then our website is loveyogabomont.com and that has all of our social media linked to it at the bottom of the page. Uh, but if you ever need anything, you can send me a message or contact me through the email or through the website. It'll send me an email um, or just pop by the studio one day and we can chat. All right. There you go. See, so just drop by there. Drop by there. Stop in and enjoy a yoga class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go there during class, the door's going to be locked. The door's locked. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to so, get there early. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. So once again, thank you for joining the show. And uh, yeah. it's a very, like I said, I told you, it was time flies. Yeah, really about an hour. Oh <laughs> you guys are good. Thank you. Oh, no, no problem. And everyone, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Download us on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that good stuff. And uh, thank you for listening and thank you for joining the show. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Cue the cool drop. Drop, drop, drop.